Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode two of Friday Sprinkles, where we go through the email that we've received from you. And a couple of extraordinary things have happened. Before we come on to that, I just, just wanted to say thank you for the email. It's, um, it's, it is unbelievable, it's the email we've been getting. The amount of joy that we feel when we get it is indescribable. And it, but it's a bit of an embarrassment of riches. This, mm-hmm. this is the problem. There's so much. And what we don't want to do is spam your podcast feed with an hour and a half long episode on a Friday, having given you a longish episode earlier in the week. So I want to try and keep these as short as possible. So are you sort of setting people up in the kindest way for some level of rejection if they took the time to write us an email and we're not going to have the time? It's not even that we're just doing the good ones. No, it's we need good ones. Because it's only good ones. And so then it's sort of about covering a breadth of different topics. And then we've mostly gone with who who got to us first because it seemed fairest. There was some from last week that I thought, oh, that'd be good to do next week. But then then the events of the show move, move on. on. It's a whole thing. So can I just start with two really exciting things? Yeah. Yesterday, the most incredible thing happened. Oh, Out of the blue, oh, my God. we suspect the hand of last week's guest, Deborah Francis White, may have been pulling the strings Our here. fairy godmother. But Lucy Preble who is at the top table I think people. I think people who are who listening listen to, to this, this pod, they don't need is. to be told who Lucy Preble is. But may, maybe actually, you know her in a succession context, but you don't know just what a phenomenal playwright and, 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 and uh, acclaimed playwright she is. And she was also behind I Hate Susie, which we loved. I think that was Hirsch. I think she just straight out wrote that. That's why I said she was behind it. Do you think the phrase she's behind that suggests a loose involvement versus the show itself? Oh, I think it means it's your baby. You're oh, the person. I hear that differently. Then I, then I apologize to Lucy Preble because yesterday she she tweeted about our podcast. It was such a moment. And, and I couldn't believe it. It just it came out of nowhere. I checked my notifications. There it was. It says this succession podcast is excellent. And, and, and if I, she did that... Only to be kind, I'll still fucking take it. <laughs> it was so glorious. Our heads, our heads, exploded. Our heads exploded. Our heads exploded. So, so that is, I mean, that's incredibly exciting because we've, we've been saying, does anybody know anyone involved in succession? And then that happens. And then we receive this email. This comes from Tim Wilson, who says, Hello, Jeff and Sarah. I recently discovered your podcast. For what it's worth... I've been Brian Cox's stand-in <gasps> since the pilot was shot in no! November, December 2016. No! And believe it or not, I played Connor in a pre-production rehearsal with director Adam McKay of Logan's Birthday Party. No! 
Alan Ruck wasn't quite signed, sealed and delivered yet. So I had the extreme pleasure and admitted twinges of anxiety of working with all of the other principal actors blocking the sequence. We did that on election day 2016. I wore my I voted sticker. Yep. He says, anyway, I'll be asking around about Logan's cardigans. I have an in with someone from the costume department. Also, I'll have you know, Logan's chair on his private plane is the most comfortable seat I have ever planted my tush on. He says, I'm looking forward to listening to your podcast. I wouldn't be averse to chatting a bit with you, although I wouldn't want to violate the NDA I signed. Let's get him to violate it. <laughs> Wait, a well, couple we of things. to carry on being Brian Cox's what was standard. His, what was his name again? Tim Wilson. He's American, right? Yes, yeah, he's based in New York. Well, well, he used the word tush. I mean, I knew what was going on when he said tush. Do you want to see the photo that he sent? Yes, Tim Wilson. I love your punum. I think I'm talking his language to him. How absolutely thrilling. I think we have to give him a nickname. We don't officially have a slime puppy yet. Then he could be slime puppy. It's, okay, it's great, Tim, you're going to be slime puppy. And what um, what a joyous and close connection. It's unbelievable. The Lucy Preble thing was insane. Yes. And then that, out of the blue. Brian Cox's stand-in. It's too good. Fantastic. I think we should get him on and see if we can get some good stuff out of him. That would be wonderful. I want him to violate that NDA in my face. <laughs> All right, slime puppy, thank you so much for being in touch. Hope to be in touch again soon. Our next email is from Laura Banks. Henceforth, she will be referred to as a sweaty corpse. Hi, I'm an AASECT certified sexuality educator. In my opinion, Roman is just very kinky and his kinks revolve a lot around power and control, as most kinks do. When his kinks aren't being fulfilled, he has trouble getting aroused. Most sexuality professionals worth their salt will say that some people are just kinky and there isn't necessarily any quote-unquote root. That's interesting. He is on the natural spectrum of human sexuality, just sensationalized for entertainment purposes. But presumably, like, everything we do or think has a root in something, right? Okay, you're disagreeing with the certified educator. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think that, no, 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 but I'm not, I don't mean that as a, you know, go fuck yourself. I'm just saying your point is everything has some kind of root. Maybe what a sweaty corpse is saying is that sort of fixating on the yes, root yes. Is, is a useless some kind of useless exercise. Yeah. And what you're really trying to do is just figure out how to incorporate your kink yeah. into a healthy emotional relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why I feel, felt the need to weigh in on that. And then I don't think either you or I really have a kink. Do I have a kink? Do you I, have a kink? I think I'm very Tom-like in that respect. I just want affection from my wife. Is that a kink? <laughs> you certainly aren't afflicted with the same kink. You're not as affectionate as you think you are, maybe. Sometimes I do wonder if you're exceptionally focused on your own ball sack. (laughs) Or, or, you don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer it. I think it's a recent development. It's nice at my time of life to think. We could do the balls Mm. instead of the shaft. I think as well, but then I just wonder if it's like... I don't know if that counts as a kink. I don't know that it counts as a kink. Also, what I wonder, is it like... Is it actually, because of course our relationship is the most intimate that I've had, Mm. did every other man that I ever encounter sexually want the same amount of of scrotal play, but they just, there wasn't enough intimacy in the relationship to ask for it? Should we move on? Yeah, but I just want to point out here, because I think you made that sound weird. Oh, not weird, because no judgment. I think like... Um, I don't think it's... No, there's no, nothing no, but weird I was, I about it. I just want to point out, like you're not... 
sort of going down there with elastic bands or gaffer tape or anything oh, like that. No, like, no, so, no, you know, no. That's, uh, I, just, I just wanted that out there. No, no, no. Or yeah, electrodes. No, no, no. There's no like you're not you're not someone who has, has any lick of mixed pain with my pleasure. No, no. But neither do I. I wish I had a kink. I think it's so vanilla to not have one. No, I I don't wish I had a kink. Sorry. I I, I have no judgment about any kind of kinks. I just think like almost everything human beings do is either you you can view as being entirely normal or really quite weird. All I'm saying is is if somehow you're able to be privy to the information when our son is 40 himself, Mm. that he needs to have a woman step on his little scrotum with a pointy stiletto okay, heel okay, 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 that you wouldn't okay, go, okay. Oh, I fucked up as a parent a little Can bit. Can I just say as well, just in case anybody's reading anything into that, that the, the focus on, on my scrotal area is nothing to do with, there's no heels involved either, stilettos. No, we made that point about you. Okay. I'm just saying if you're just like, there's no judgment, to, there's no judgment. Reiterate. It's like, yeah, there's no judgment. But sometimes when we talk about this stuff, it's like, think about your own child as an adult yeah. carrying that kink, you'd be like, that might be on my shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm, I, I get, I get, maybe I fucked up a little. But but I'm projecting that because I, I, I don't have that kink. Maybe okay, yeah. let listen. You, the role you like to play yeah. is super neutral. Yes. The role I like to play is judgy, judgy, bitch, bitch. <laughs> and I'm comfortable taking whatever flack I'll get on that because it's more comfortable sometimes coming from a woman, blah, blah. Right. So anyway, if you have a kink yeah. and I've offended you mm. and you feel like, no, no, this isn't rooted in some shit. This isn't rooted in any way in which – and like I'm broken – I'm not perfect. I'm broken. You're not perfect. You're broken. I'm just saying in our instances, it doesn't come out sexually. I don't think. Mm, mm -hmm. So if you feel that you're broken does manifest in a sexual kink Mm. and I'm being unreasonable, tell me about it. Convince me. So our next email is from Julia B. Henceforth, she will be referred to as Professor Can't Fuck. Professor Cantfuck, thank you so much for being in touch. Hi, guys. I heard you guys mention that you wanted to take on Roman sexuality. My personal take, and I'm not a psychologist, but my mother is, and we talk about this a little. Same as your mom. Yes, but my mom would not talk to me about someone's sexual. Am I sounding too judgmental again? My personal take is that he internalized trauma, shame, and abuse. Remember him talking about being locked in a cage? Of course. As pleasure. Shame is often a component of sexual pleasure. It is not odd to enjoy good-natured teasing from someone you're interested in. Likewise, when we are developing, we learn that displaying your sexuality in front of others is wrong and therefore to some extent shameful. Huh. So the two are always linked in our minds, even if we are obviously not all like Roman. But in someone who has not worked through their trauma and his obvious father issues, it would come out as an incapacity to connect to someone else unless it was through shame. Brilliant. In my view, when he asks his young, desirable partner to pretend she's dead, what he actually wants is for her to humiliate him and to some extent deny affection, mimicking his childhood emotional deprivation. You are so, so you're, you're, into you're, you're, this. But I also feel moved. No, I know. I feel moved yeah. and I feel sad because I'm picturing the little boy. Mm. The thing about Jerry and Roman is that she plays 
both parts, the part of the mother that rejects and shames him, but that of a mentor figure that is to some extent supportive and can guide him through his problems. This is fucking brilliant. I think there is some degree of real affection between them. Yes. Though, of course, every character in the show has deep emotional issues and can't really connect to anyone. I think it's a really interesting relationship because we almost never get to see an older woman getting to be a symbol of desire. And I really like how the sex is a character detail, not just this freaky and therefore funny, although it is very funny. It's sort of the greatness of the show that things can be both bizarre and complex and feel real to the characters and be played in that entire range. You got so excited reading that. I... Because you, th- you think you are the master of this stuff. No, and then to see I, somebody operating at that level of insight. I almost cried mm. because I thought she was, this is so smart. And Julia, who is only the daughter of someone who does this professionally, has unpacked this in the most nuanced and brilliant level. And I just love her so much. I think that was an unimpeachably perfect breakdown, free of judgment, full of compassion of exactly what goes on with Roman. That's amazing. And Julia, whoever you are, every person in your life who gets to be around you is lucky. Okay, this comes from Philippa Bolton Hatfield. You will henceforth be named Sad Sack Wasp Trap. I'd like to make a case for the sensitive lost boy that is Roman. In your last episode, the terrific Deborah Francis White stated that Roman has no moral fibre. I don't believe this to be true. I think the opposite. We see elements of sensitivity and thoughtfulness in his character throughout. The gift to Kendall, the speech to Shiv and Kendall on the boat about sticking together, his inability to make a decision because he's scared of making the wrong decision. There is actually, there's a a sensitivity that he buries under, he hides it under cynicism. And that's because I think probably he's so sensitive, he has to get in front of it. This is the thing too, is that we we do see just this like flicker of a sweetie to him Mm. and a flicker of a sweetie to Kendall. Like when he was at his lowest. Yeah. But we never see the sweetie and Shiv. No, that's true. Separate conversation, but that keep is going. true. She says on a separate note, the wardrobe team fucked up with the uh, fancy <gasps> lawyer's outfit. Oh, this is Lisa. She's talking about, in, in my opinion, the two-piece pinstripe and dodgy necklace feels more dress for the job you want. Stroke. I'm a boss babe. Early two thousands vibe. I'm not buying it. I am going to now have to revisit Lisa's outfit in episode one to see if I agree. But I love, if nothing else, the language dress for the job you want vibes is brilliant. So I'm just kind of going to give it to her on how smart a description that is. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Right, this comes from Lisa Davis, who says, sidebar, on Greg and oh, Ewan. okay, Lisa Davis. Mm-hmm. We will henceforth be referring to you as fucking amateur hour at the fucking circus. Proceed. Just two points. Point number one. James Cromwell said, that'll do. Babe style. I loved that. Now, that is what, I guess it is his most famous role. He was in the film Babe. Was he the farmer? Oh, yeah. I've never seen the film, babe. So I saw it on once on one. VHS in a bed and breakfast in Santa Barbara, uh, circa 2000. Don't give me a look because it was Sorry, Jeff is describing like a lover's holiday that he took with his ex. Gross. You're constantly talking about your... All the dicks uh, that I've taken. Exactly. But none of them meant anything to me before there was you. So and, and, and I really liked it, but I've never rewatched it. So I don't know Babe that well. I did read an interview with uh, James Cromwell talking about how that character of Ewan yes. was... He, he, he was supposed to be embittered because Logan had screwed him over financially. And, and that was the character, really. And he got talking to Jesse Armstrong and he thought, what about having him ideologically opposed to Logan? So and Jesse Armstrong thought, that's great. I think it's so interesting that, that a, a creator, a writer would be so open to a, an actor's suggestion in a character development. This illustrates one of my core beliefs about humanity, darling. Do you want to know what it is? Mm. A lack of defensiveness leads to great art. Did you learn that whilst doing your drama degree? Is that what they said to you? No. Oh, it sounded like a platitude. Sorry. Oh, no, that's just the thing I came up with. I Because I think that when people are like, like what we will talk about when we're bitching privately about work that we think is poor, <laughs> a bad podcast, a bad bit of stand up, a bad radio show, all these things, the, something will come back to the idea of like, but they can't be told. Like mm. they're so, their ego is so big. They can't be told. And an inability to be told lessens the quality of your art because other people will still have good ideas. But Jesse Armstrong, he can take it. Yeah. But a singularity of vision can be important as well. He obviously knows how to walk that yeah. line. Just back to this uh, point number two. I wonder if Ewan alluded to his impending death by mentioning getting his affairs in order. And working with his lawyer on his estate, Greg seemed oblivious, of course, but I wonder if the egg is about to become a main course rather than dessert sprinkles by inheriting Ewan's shares and place on the board, or it could be a red herring. These are very good. I know. It's almost upsetting me in a way, just because I'm I'm struggling to, I want to say something insightful about all of it, but I'm just sat here going... That's really, really good. This is the thing. We don't have to do any heavy lifting here because the email is so good. And the sign off here. Anyway, if it is to be said, so be it. (laughs) Which is Greg at the hearings. Oh, phenomenal. All right. Well, fucking amateur hour at the fucking circus. I love it. And I think it could be right. Our next email comes from Charlotte Castle. Charlotte, you will henceforth be referred to as the old beaten dog. Someone has to mention the poster. 
Now, what she's talking about is the fact that we see this three-penny opera poster prominently displayed in Greg's apartment. She writes, someone has to mention that poster. Such a brilliant little detail when Greg talks to the predatory lawyer at the door. Fuck off. Oh, she's requested her own nickname. She wants to be referred to as Unbalanced Love Portfolio. I don't know much about Three Penny Opera other than that Brecht wrote it. So I don't understand why it's what it's saying. No, but I just want to point out that we were on the set here, on the sofa here and, and Sarah said, oh, that's going to be significant. So know. you noticed it. We just didn't get around to it in the podcast. Explain it to me because you know more about that play clearly than I do other than that Brecht wrote it. This is another one uh, which uh, asks us to look a bit more closely at something. This is from Ishbel McLaughlin. Bendy fuck. Bendy fuck says, Dear Fiery C and Normie C, I'm surprised there isn't more discourse about the power struggle between Carolina and Hugo. <gasps> Yes, it's, it's there. Why, why haven't we talked why about this? Why haven't we what talked is about wrong it? With us? Oh, Bendy fuck. Um, from his entrance onto the stage in season two as the PR for Parks and Cruises, Hugo has been sharpening his elbows to bump Carolina off her pedestal as head of PR for the company. Hugo sticks to Logan like glue, even saying that Carolina should be fired in episode 10 of the last series, whereas Carolina is either mostly off camera or in the phone or being yelled at in person in every episode. The writers make a point to show Hugo's rising influence with Logan and Carolina's uh, slow alienation from the pack. I reckon this bubbling feud will prove to be a big fucking deal for the direction of the series if carolina gets pushed out she knows where the bodies are buried (gasps) and she could be the final nail in logan's coffin logan is so focused on his kids he isn't seeing the chess games going around him and it might prove to be his downfall ishbel says if i could have the nickname of mole woman i would be very grateful Oh my gosh, I need to... So, right, so you need a, to retract Bendy Fuck. I'm retracting Bendy Fuck and we're going Mole Woman. Isn't that great? Because as soon as you say, yes, yes, we've seen that. And also Logan sort of detests Hugo and then yes. says as much. He yes. says like you're a slimy fucker, whatever he says about him. But it also, it nonetheless feels like a good coupling. I don't feel that Carolina is meaty enough of a character to shoulder the plot focusing on her that much. I, th- I think you're right. I don't think it's a show where somebody we've seen in the background... Will suddenly... Will, will suddenly pull down the whole house of cards. So, un- unless she's brought into the foreground as this series goes on. When somebody realises, presumably somebody in Kendall's camp. But it may maybe it's uh, Ewan and his lawyer. Maybe it's Sandy. Maybe. I think you absolutely, though, have a uh, mole woman, have, have intuited that that is is going to continue to play out. It's, it's going, it's go, that is going somewhere. I don't think it's going somewhere quite as big as you're yes, suggesting. Yes, that's what it is. But it's going somewhere. Yes, and I feel then so excited about that because that exchange between the two of them when they were dealing with Marsha in the previous episode was so divine. Yes. I used the word divine last week as well, so I'm going to cut that out of my um, I like it. It reminds me of my late mother. Oh, well. She'd always say, I'm going to run myself a divine bath. bath. (laughs) This next message comes from Annie Ferguson, the old beaten dog. Just wondered if you had seen this breakdown of the music from the show. I've watched it multiple times and hope he breaks down this season too. And we've we've watched this actually. We we watched this a while ago, and it's fascinating. You have a real mind for the stuff, and you love obsessing over it. Whereas I would never notice. Oh, this season was less scored and this one, that's just, it all goes over my head. Let me say, I'm really impressed that so far on the podcast, you haven't started whinging on the podcast about the music we use on the podcast. 
Oh, I always think to myself, oh, my God, we need to start letting our listeners know that we know how terrible our music oh, don't, is. Don't say terrible because a man made that for us. No, no, no. It's, it's <laughs> what we have to do, right, is we're not allowed to use the succession music. You can't use real music on podcasts. We, so you have to get so special. So we need yeah. something with a succession flavor. And can, can I say instead that the guy who did it did a wonderful job, but he's also not Nicholas Bertel? Can we say that? And he was just a man on an app. Oh, okay. So we don't. So I'm not worried then. It's okay. not like someone is going to come for us and say that we've hurt their feelings. No, that's what I don't want. No, but I, I think he's he's done a good job given the uh, the the resource and brief. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, that I set myself up as not being interested in that sort of stuff, and then I heard our music. I'm not like bothered <laughs> by it. I was just like, oh shit, poor man. That phrase, poor man, so and so, is so is so gross and yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean it doesn't pop into your head now and again. Because Logan Roy wouldn't be commissioning that music, would he? No, Logan would get some different music. Maybe he wouldn't, actually. Maybe Connor would on his Napoleonic History podcast. Oh, it's still not Maybe Connor would buy the good. rights to, uh, to Waterloo and have my my at Waterloo, Napoleon did surrender. Uh, so Vincent Van Pelt also sent a link. What a regal name. Mm. Let's make him the Grand Old Duke of Dork. Love it. Love Grand it. Grand Old Duke of Dork. Continue. He says, Hi, Sarah and Jeff. A few weeks ago, I was introducing my partner to an old movie that I enjoy, The Game, starring Michael Douglas. Oh, yes. I think we saw that at the Hampstead Everyman. Well, it's from 1997, so I would be Apparently, surprised. Apparently, I'm incorrect <laughs> with what I just said. Uh, he says, I was stunned to see oh. how closely the opening credits to our favourite TV series mirror the credits of this 1997 movie. I then found this on the internet, and he links to an article which um, which puts the two side by side, not in a plagiarism way, but just saying, oh, look at the influence right, of right, this right, right, right. on, on this. this. And um, it, it, it does have a real succession feel to it. So thank oh, you for... Uh, well- does he recommend it to us? Well, I guess if he was foisting on his partner, he must like it. Okay, let us. I mean, I've tried that before it. now, and it, it sometimes doesn't go well. Also, well, I mean, do you ever have this thing where, like, your partner wants you to do something, and the the weight of their expectation that you enjoy a thing is so overwhelming that you feel yourself crushing under the pressure of their expectation? So Jeff brought that to showing me the film Billy Liar, and he got. so so offended that I sort of it wasn't clicking with it that it was it was gen- like he was genuinely in a shitty mood for days I thought it would also be interesting to hear from anybody who has done the exact same thing with succession to maybe a partner or a housemate or a, a family member I wonder if you, you your your enthusiasm for it has killed it for anybody else that would be great right we should stop because we're going to take up too much of people's time otherwise if we didn't get to your email this week sorry please know that you are loved and you are read and we are grateful and please keep coming to us with your contributions and we will just rattle through some more crushes before we go. Oh, great. Anonymous says, just need you to know, I think Greg is a dreamboat. I certainly would love his character. Complete crush over here. Oh. I need to, I, I, thing I'm working on for this podcast and like, as I need to tone down some of my responses. Yeah, cool. But you're a very reactive person. I know, but. If you bump into somebody in the street, even if you see them quite often in other streets, you, you act as if. Uh, you, 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 you've gone hiking in the Himalayas and, and seen bumped into some, yeah, yeah. And and just some here from Joanne. We are going to refer to you, Joanne, as fucking Whirlybird. Fucking Whirlybird says succession weird crushes. Here's mine. It's niche. 
I have a bit of a thing for Logan Roy. I am appalled at myself for allowing it to develop unchecked. Yes, he's a monster. Yes, he's a tyrant. But he's incredibly charismatic, has twinkly eyes, and I imagine he smells divine. There's that word again. Uh, A very, very expensive cologne. A megalomaniac in lovely cardigans rings my bell. The heart wants what the heart wants. Others on the weird crush list. Jamie Laird. He's the sort of wheeler dealer that goes with Roman and Carl to the Middle East. He looks like he should be a lawyer for the mob, but he he's kind okay. of trying to facilitate the okay, them, them like going that. private. I like that. And she she finishes by saying Roman is my regular crush. Hot AF. Well, there's lots to get your teeth into, and there's going to be another episode in a couple of days. We we do this on a Friday to tide you over the weekend. I'm sure you'll have lots of thoughts to share with us, theories, queries off the back of that and off the back of this and off the back of the conversation we had with Deborah Francis White and just uh, brain and, uh, dump yeah. on us right yeah, we brain dump. Be, we're here for you to we want to be us. your place to dump upon email address how could you forget it fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com I've been firecrotchy <laughs> I've been normcrotchy <gasps> you should be normcrotch despite all that weird shit you like happening under your balls <laughs> on Monday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.